0: Hi, this is Dr. Antoinette D. Coslow, DHA, and thank you for joining me for this episode of The Big T, Trauma. I must first sincerely apologize for my unexpected hiatus that has lasted several weeks. Um, To be perfectly honest, I was exhausted, not just emotionally or mentally, but physically as well. I kept racking my brain on how to begin this next podcast, this one in particular that I'm speaking about. And so since I'm feeling a bit better now after my hiatus and quick replenishing journey halfway around the world, I am ready to tackle the next portion of the topic and I will tackle it completely or at least begin to in earnest in the very next podcast. But this segment today is designed to help set the stage. Confused yet? Don't be. I promise by the end of the next episode, it will all make sense. And sometimes when you are a young adult and do not have parents or trusted adults in one's life, one can easily go astray. And it could take years, decades, decades. And in some instances, even a lifetime, to try to get back on track based on where you were headed originally. And with that said, let's go ahead and get to it. Or rather, let me try to set the stage. And with that stated, I just want to mention, as always, we will continue down our path to reclaiming our truth, our story and our destiny, while self-correcting our trajectory. This episode is going to be short, but again, I'm attempting to set the stage for this next podcast, where we dig into trauma a bit more and a bit deeper and often the things that surround trauma and being a victim, like victim blaming, lack of victim protection when reporting crimes, lack of public awareness, and just really, who is a victim and how do you determine if you are a victim? Going back to the mental and physical exhaustion that I've been feeling, there are a plethora of sources for my exhaustion, including size. Like I've mentioned before, I am one, and from a very young age, I have been dealing with the impact of adultification of my person, from a very young age and even today as an adult in my 40s that still wears heavily on me at some point while i was age 10 i grew to be at least five seven five eight in height and by that point by age 10 i had already been taught how to navigate and maneuver to try to keep myself safe from grown-ass men. Yes, I said it. From adults who were supposed to know and do better. Adults who were supposed to know right from wrong. So this protection mechanism to counter the adultrification of a child, in my, in my case myself, from adult predators, is one of many sources of my exhaustion. Always the need to be on guard, be one step ahead, know that compliments are not always free, and understanding that I can trust no one. This self-guarding ultimately has had severe consequences for me. Eventually, I've become so tired and fatigued Enracked with depression and anxiety. That I wasn't always able to show up for myself when I needed it most. I was not able to protect my mental and emotional well-being in my marriage. Not being able to advocate for myself. And most importantly, not knowing when and how to throw in the towel. When children are required to protect themselves it costs a child a lot. Not just from the social developmental perspective, but the psychological, the physical, and long-term health implications. In the next episode, we will continue in that direction as we begin again to discuss the idea or concept of acknowledging one's own victimhood. Acknowledging that horrible things That may have happened to you, regardless of the world around you and what other people have told you about how you should feel about those interactions or incidents. Trying to determine if one has a safe space or at least a neutral zone where one can participate in self-reflection. And determining if some of those negative memories and emotions are related to trauma. And victimization. And again, it's important to state that when one is a victim, those around them, their surrounding may not allow them to be acknowledged as a victim. Sometimes victims are ridiculed and almost denied their ability to use any language that refers to victim status. As it may make them seem weak, and sometimes it just has no place in their opinions, in their present lives, because of the struggles and the lifestyle that they may be enduring. And again, these types scenarios that I've just mentioned adultification of children, not having a safe place or space to own your own truth or admit the things that have happened to you, can cause scarring as well as irreparable harm, especially in children. And going back to size for a minute and being 6'1", even as a child, I can remember people constantly mentioning things that were so inappropriate, but they were down the lines of denying my ability to ultimately claim my victimhood or victim status so that I could become a survivor. Um and I think I've mentioned it before but in high school especially and it seemed to come from those of the dominant members of society. Oh, you're so tall, you're so big, you're so this, you're so that. No man would ever mess with you. No one would ever challenge you. And that's simply not the case. Women in our society as well as men are socialized into specific groups. Men, hypermasculinity, hypersexuality, even being and seeming dominant are seen as everyday norms. Women, on the other hand, if you defend yourself, and especially with a loud mouth or conviction, or in a way, that disrupts the narrative on gender roles you can have problems and so as a child hearing these adults mainly say oh well look at how big you are you you could never be a victim of a type of assault was not only ridiculous but it did it weighed heavily on my mind Because it made me think that all the trauma I had already gone through, maybe it wasn't really trauma. Maybe I was somehow a willing participant to these horrible things that happened. Because again, they're telling me I could just, with a blink of an eye or a twitch of my nose, I could just stop any bad things from ever happening to me. And that's simply not the case And again, this goes back to the adultification of children and how the world looks at children. And in particular, black girls who are at an alarming rate of suspensions from school and other negative consequences for simply being themselves. Um, They're more likely to be suspended. They're more likely to be expelled And they're also more likely to experience unwarranted sexual assaults. And our society at present, and the way it has been, assumes that that child is somehow responsible. Oftentimes people will use language such as, oh, that child, she's so fast. She's doing this and that. She's too grown for her own britches. Those are things that are often used to, for lack of a better word, set a child up for if and when something unpleasant and unwanted happens, that somehow they have to shoulder some of the responsibility for what has happened. And usually it's at the hand of adults. When in reality, we should all be doing our best to take care of these kids and nurture these kids. If anything, little girls cannot be too fast or too grown. We should be putting checks and balances on the adults who look at these children in inappropriate ways. But that would mean we would have to have a real come-to-Jesus moment with our society. And we're not willing to do that in any way, shape, or form as of yet. This podcast segment did go on a little bit longer than I wanted to. But again, I'm trying to help set that stage and that tone for the next segment. And again, it's about victimization and about who gets to claim that. Because there's a lot of people who have gone through very unpleasant things in their lives and they don't understand that they fit into specific categories, Um, And I'll talk about that a little bit more in detail in the next episode. So again, I do want to say thank you so very much for joining me. And again, I do apologize for my hiatus, but I needed to take that time off for my mental, emotional, and spiritual as well as my physical self to try to at least collect myself and get myself going in at least the right direction. I think people tend to Miss especially minorities, that whenever you are dealing with the mental illness, whether it's depression and anxiety, like myself, it can literally be a lifelong battle. This is something I personally had to learn the hard way, as I simply believed that by a certain point, I could, you know, one and done, it I could get enough sleep, get enough exercise, have a little schedule, life be going great, and then things started to fall apart, and. I didn't realize and recognize that it was simply the depression creeping back in, influencing my decisions, helping me make some of the worst decisions of my life and then not knowing how to get myself out of it and not having the support around me of other adults and family members or anyone who who cared enough to even question how I had gotten myself into some of these situations. So again, I am going to sign off from this episode and again, like I mentioned, the next episode will be broken down into most likely two parts so I can try to get through all the information. And again, don't worry, I will always bring the receipts and they are listed on the website as well. And again, I am Dr. Antoinette D. Coslo, DHA, and you're welcome.